Mark Twain was not a believer. He was a brilliant writer. And in one of his books called Letters to the Earth, Letters from the Earth, he gives his impression of heaven. I want to be sure I get this quote right. The inventor of their heaven empties everyone, all the nations of the earth, into one common jumble. All are ac absolutely equal, not one of them outranking another. They have to be brothers. They have to mix together, pray together, heart together, Hosanna together, whites, blacks, Jews, everybody. There's no distinction. Here in the earth, all the nations hate each other, and every one of them hates the Jew. Yet pious people believe and adore in their heaven, and they want to get in it. They really do. And, when they th and they think when they're in this holy rapture that he will pull all of the populace of the world together into his heart and hug and hug and hug and hug. All the nations of the world hate each other. But when we get to heaven, we're going to hug and hug and hug and hug. Obviously, Twain had a point. How is it that people who can't get along here are going to be brothers and sisters, the family of God there? Well, that's one of the miracles we have to explain. We have to understand that from the very beginning, diversity was part of God's plan. You don't see him do much in his creation where he repeats himself. Every snowflake is different. Flowers are different. Planets are different. Universes are different. Because you can't hold the glory of God in one type of expression. One language can't sing all his praise. One nation cannot understand all there is to understand about God. One tribe cannot contain all the glory that is His. As that's the way it was supposed to be from the beginning. That's the way it will be in the end. So what are we going to do between the beginning and the end? Well... We've got a lot of practice to do, don't we? Stand with me in honor of God's Word as we read this impressive passage in Revelation 5. Then I saw the right hand of the one seated on the throne, a scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. I also saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even look in it. I wept and I wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or even look in it. And then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, look. The lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw the one 
like a slaughtered lamb standing in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures among the elders and the seven, he had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. And he took the scroll out of the right hand of the one seated on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people by, for your God by your blood from every tribe and language, people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne. Also the living creatures and the elders and their numbers were countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. And they said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything in them say, blessing and honor, glory and power to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And all the elders fell down and worshiped. Do not weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. May we in this room join together with all of those who surround your throne, shouting you are worthy of all honor, all glory, and all power. And may the praise that begins today never end. And we pray this in your name. Amen. The book of Revelation trembles with the praise of God. There are countless earthquakes and times that the world seems unable to handle the weight of God's glory. It is too rich. It is too dense. Creation cannot handle all that God is revealing. At long last, God is revealing him his full self. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it is everything that creation can do to hold together while this revelation takes place. We're told when Jesus breathed his last that the earth shook under the weight of the glory of God dying for sinners. And now, after the letters to the churches, we're invited to the throne room of heaven where we see the worship of the Lamb happening. And it is a glorious worship. And now we have come to the climax of that moment where the scroll that will unfold history is now held in the hand of the Father. And the angel invites the one who is able to come. And John looks, and no one moves. No one moves on the earth, no one moves 
under the earth, none in that heavenly presence move at all. And John begins to panic. First, there is a whimper. Next, tears flood his eyes and streak his cheeks. Then there is a wail. Don't let the, don't let the beauty of this poetry lead you to misunderstand this moment. He just didn't cry a little. It just wasn't a polite sob. This was the cry of every parent who stood by the, 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 the casket of a child and screamed out, why? It's a family gathered around a casket with a flag draped over it, bringing home a father and son, screaming out, why? A child caught in gun violence, someone caught in addiction. All of those times that you and I beat our heads against the wall and says it should not be this way. It should not be this way. Why? How long do we have to wait before somebody finally makes it right? Before we can finally celebrate justice. It is a primordial scream. John is crying every cry, weeping every tear of a world that is so close. And now this future may not be opened. The scroll left unfurled if there's no one that can do it. And just about as John is about to think, run out of tears, the elder tells him, hush, look, there is one. There is one. There is one who is able to open the scroll. Now, I know the world tells you there's lots of ways to salvation and there are lots of roads that lead to heaven. John makes it clear there's one. There's one that was born of a virgin. There's one that was crucified by Pilate. There was one who was raised from the dead by God the Father. There was one who was given a name above every name on earth and in heaven. There is one who is able to open the scroll and, and unleash the future. There is one. Amen. And John says, I saw him. And he looked like a lamb who had been slaughtered. The Passover lamb from Exodus. The blood on the doorpost of the Hebrew people marking them as belonging to God so the angel of death would pass over. This Passover lamb now shed for all of us on Calvary, his blood marking our hearts, identifying us as one who belonged to him. And he takes the scroll and begins to open the seals. And when he does, heaven erupts and prays. Finally, 
it's going to happen. Finally, it's going to happen. Do you remember when you were a kid and it was December 21st? You didn't think December 25th would ever get here. You woke up the next day and it was December 22nd. How long does December 22nd last? Finally, finally, you wake up one morning and it is Christmas. You have waited all year long for this one moment to rip open packages and play with the boxes. Your wife tells you she's going to have a child. And in my case, she told me we were going to have two. <laughs> when will they be here? They'll be here in February. What day? Don't know. So I start counting February 1st. Are you here? Are you coming? How do you feel? We wait and we wait and we wait. And I start telling Jeannie, you're really not pregnant, are you? <laughs> you're not going to have a baby because we wait and we wait and we wait. How long? We watch the television. We see the news. We see the anger that has poured out into the streets. We hear the lies. We look at each other and ask, how long before somebody finally makes this right? How long? And John tells us it happens when the Lamb opens the scroll and justice rolls down like mighty waters and things are finally made right and everybody erupts in praise, every tongue, every tribe, every nation. Now you do know that was the idea from the beginning. Uh, this, this celebration of diversity is not something that our world cooked up. It wasn't their idea. Okay? Our God is such a fabulous artist, and it seems to me he gets bored quickly. You look at the diversity of people, okay? Uh, some of you have done the uh, DNA testing, right? Shocking how diverse you are. Thought you were white. Sort of. Thought you were African American, and then you find out none of your tribe's ever been in Africa. There is no way one tongue, one nation, one people can ever hold the glory of God. 
the vastness of his being takes multiple expressions. There's something you see about God that I will never understand, that I need for you to tell me. I need for you to share with me. There's something out of your history that gives you an insight into this great salvation story that I will never know unless you share it with me. There's a rhythm to your music that I don't have that I will never have unless you bring it to the worship service. All of us together make the glory of God known. You can't do it by yourself. Now, we have this ministry of reconciliation because beyond our diverse stories is a very similar story. A story of sinners desperate for grace. It doesn't matter how you start out. Sooner or later you get to the place where you scream, mine. And I know some of you do not believe in the fall. I, under, I understand that. But I want to tell you, if you don't, you're just not paying attention. The first thing a baby learns how to do is lie. Now you think about it. This baby gets up and cries, hungry, wet, tight, needs, needs attention. Everybody comes to see about the baby. You know what that baby learns? They'll come even when nothing's wrong. And they'll cry when nothing's wrong. And you'll go running in there going, what's wrong, baby? What's wrong? <laughs> Won't be anything wrong. About the third or fourth time that baby cries, you don't move, do you? Why? That baby's lying. <laughs> the road is narrow that leads to salvation. The road that leads to destruction is broad, easy to find, easy to get on, hard to get off. And we've all been there. And that is a terrible moment, isn't it? When you realize you've messed up. Not your parents' fault. Not your culture's fault. Not anybody else's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. We've messed up. Not only have we messed up, there's no way we can fix what we broke. They can't undo what we've done. That is a helpless, helpless feeling. And then you hear about grace. You hear about a Savior who died for you, who will not give up on you, who wants to give you a second chance. And so you come and you find out it is true for you. So every one of us here, we may have different details, but we have the same story. Where were you when you realized Jesus had found you? Well, this is where I was. Some of you were serving our nation, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, National Guard. <laughs> some were at home, some were at college. Some were in a rehab center. Some of you were homeless.
and Jesus came to you. And you know forgiveness, and you know restoration, and you know healing. And you become one of these who gather around the throne and sing a song that only you can sing, but it's the same song that everybody else is singing about a lamb who was worthy. Every nation, every tribe, it's the way that it was in the beginning. It's the way it will be in eternity. And right now, we're going to practice. We're so confident that the future is as Jesus says it is. We're going to start practicing right now. And we're going to come to the table of the Lord. Sinners all. Every tribe, every nation, singing the same song of salvation. The deacons will be taking their place to serve you, and as they do, use these moments to prepare your own heart for the receiving of the bread and the receiving of the cup. Lord Jesus, welcome us now to your table. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation.